Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of context before we kick off. The podcast you're about to hear is kind of a two-parter. Early this morning I received a distressing voice note from our friend, young journalist in Gaza, Mahmoud Mustaha, and that will be the intro into the podcast. After that, you hear my interview with a young student from Gaza, Yunus El Halak, uh, about his situation and how he has been displaced twice now and is facing another race for time to get to the Rafa safe space where uh, where allegedly people will not be uh, subjected to the bombardment that has been happening. But before we get to all of that, I do need to ask you to help us keep this show on the road. If you're listening and you're getting something out of it, please give something back. The Tortoise Shack relies entirely on you. It's patreon.com forward slash Tortoise Shack. The link is at the very top of the podcast you're about to listen to. We're heading into the Christmas period and we want to be around in 2024. As heartening as it's been to see so many new listeners joining us over the last few weeks, it's been equally as disheartening to see we've lost support. And I understand why. It is the cost of living crisis. It is very much people tightening their belts in the run-up to Christmas because people have limited budgets. But if you're one of the lucky ones who can afford the fiver a month, please pay it forward so we can keep the podcast free for everyone. And again, yes, it's free, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a value. And a lot of work goes into producing these podcasts. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. Please go to patreon.com forward slash tortoise I'm shutting up now. And over to Mahmoud. Hi Tony, uh, this morning, the 1st of December, this, this date will not be forgotten for us in Gaza as a Palestinian. Uh, this morning and until, until now, until this moment, we are experiencing genocide, massacre, moving everywhere, Israel moving everywhere. On a Shijay neighborhood in East Gaza, where I were based at uh, this morning. All the evening we have not slept. Intensive Israeli bombing have not stopped. Israeli troops and tanks has have not stopped. Just the morning started. We fled on the streets, leaving our homes, leaving everything behind us. Behind us, we can't manage to take anything. No clothes, no bags. All our stuff is still in the home. We don't know actually if our homes are still okay or not. The streets where I were walking are crowded with people. People are crying, screaming, don't know where to go. Don't know where to go because there is no safe safe place for them. At least everyone in Gaza at least have evacuated for three or four times. Someone in the street, people in the street who lost his children. An old man were walking alone, asked, for their son, they, she didn't know where to go. She with the with the with the horrific, with the horrific situation with the horrific scenes that that we watched that we watched this morning like a film about the whole world. Intensive bombing, air strike, bombing everywhere, smoking everywhere. I went with with some members of my family to street, and other members went to the street, and I didn't know where they are now. In Gaza. We are we are facing this. But I, I, I was asking myself where is the rule of United Nations? No one, no country in the world can stop this war. Or is it okay for the world to to, to, to leave us die in Gaza without any reason, without without anything? Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves and folks. 
this goes from bad to worse. We have used, I've heard the, the phrase displacement or death. People keep getting moved and being told, go to a safe area. And then we find out that that safe area is no longer deemed a safe area. And we have seen nothing but death, destruction, and the world sitting on its hands as the death toll now goes goes beyond a- anything that was imaginable when this began nearly two months ago now. Um, I am joined for the first time on the podcast by uh, a-, a young Gaz and Eunice El Hak who has himself been displaced from uh, his-, his home and moved to Khan Yunus and is now facing movement again. And if you can hear in the background, the drones are buzzing, the um, airstrikes have not really stopped and, uh, and-, and the tanks are getting closer. Uh, Eunice, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. How are you, my friend? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Alhamdulillah. Fine. I, 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 I know you're saying you're fine, but what the situation you are finding yourself in right now, you are already had been displaced and we're, we're living with, with I believe 30 of your family in one, in one, uh, in one small house. What is the situation like now as, as, you know, we see what's happened in Jabalaya. We've seen, we've seen the airstrikes carried out overnight. How, how bad has it been since the ceasefire or the truce, the humanitarian pause ended? Yeah, the situation, yeah, yeah, horrible. Uh, nowadays, uh, especially after the truce, it ge- it's getting worse and worse. It, and absolutely, it's worse than before the truce because they are ordering all of the places and areas here in the south, in the middle of Gaza and the Gaza city and the north to evacuate, to leave, to move. Uh, maybe it's like the second displacement for me and for many, like for one million and and a half uh, Palestinians here in Gaza Strip. This is from the uh, firstly from the north and middle of Gaza to the south. Okay, and they, and now we, they are ordering us to evacuate to move from Khan Yunis to Rafah. Okay, and both are in located in uh, in the south of Gaza, and they are also targeting many places here. Wanton strikes, like we we don't know why they are targeting a lot of these. Hi, uh, then. And, uh, and and strikes because there is like nothing just they are trying to feed the people here to move okay like they are ordering them if they are not or if they were not committed uh, or something <clears throat> they are targeting the houses the streets here in Gaza as you just said in Jabalia they just uh, and the news uh, uh, talks about 500 uh, injuries and murders there in Jabalia in, in in Gaza and and so so um but the this displacement now there's uh, it's estimated now that 75% of Gazans have been displaced or uh, and lost their homes that's it Two month, nearly two months ago, this began, and we referred to it very quickly as the second Nakba. This is a lot bigger because now, as you said to me before, just before we came on air, they're moving people towards Rafa, and the only thing that comes after Rafa is Egypt. How does are, are people worried that this is the forced displacement and trying to push people into Egypt? Actually, we don't know what are they blaming for it because they are. Uh, ordering us to evacuate more and more to the south, which means near Rafah crossing, which means near to Egypt. So what, as Palestinians, as Gazans here in Gaza Strip, we don't 
So what comes after uh, Rafah? We absolutely know the geographical areas. We we know we know it very well. But I mean, if, uh, will they evacuate us and order order us to move uh, to Egypt or China or something like this? We don't know actually, and we are very afraid to be evacuated totally from our lands. So this is what this is why we are uh, asking the international community to 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 move. Do uh, not be evacuated totally from our lands from Gaza to the to Egypt Sinai because if we were evacuated to Sinai so uh, the, the the Palestinian case will be finished will be like stopped will be like deleted from their memories from their books from the international community and the, uh, and the international institutions I don't know that's what I'm thinking about that's what I'm thinking about as Palestinians in Gaza because all the Palestinians in Gaza like half a million are still there in 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 the north and the middle of Gaza and they are rejecting they are refusing to move uh into, uh, into the south and then as some say to the Sinai because we don't need this and we are not asking for uh, for borders, we're not asking that to the countries for us as Palestinians. We are just asking to keep here, to stay in our lands. And this is what's happening here. This is what we are talking about as Palestinians in Gaza Strip, far away from the, the media and the channels. We don't need it. But also, after all these things, after all, all, all uh, what we are talking about, we... We are being uh, killed. We are being uh, destroyed. Like, for example, me, Eunice, and my two brothers, and my and my father. All of our houses were totally destroyed. All right. So we don't know what uh, what's next to be happened or something. Yeah. And and I'm sorry for all the the, the loss. I can hear the. Um the, the emotion in your voice and it's completely understandable but you've also pointed out that there is half a million people in you know Gaza City and, and people who have refused to move and, and many of those people cannot move they are not well they're elderly people who maybe cannot move the roads aren't safe for them to move along and they and they have you know and, and some of them have said that they will not become refugees for a second time because 70% of people in Gaza are refugees. So, you know, this this is this is the human condition to to want to make sure that we we, we stay and 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 protect our homes. But I am um, can I ask you and I I'm sorry to be, you know, so negative, but the situation now um, I spoke with someone. Uh, I spoke with with your friend, our mutual friend, um, Mahmoud Mustahad uh, earlier, and Mahmoud has, you know, you saw his uncle died, and eight along with eighteen members of his family. What have you had, sort of that that loss on your side of your family now, as over these last two months? Uh, please, can you read the question, please? Yeah, I, I'm because it's interrupting. No, no, it's fine. Um, I, I asked you, um, in terms of the loss on your own from your own family, have you, have you lost any loved ones or relatives? Because I, I actually no, I haven't. Uh, alhamdulillah, thank God that I haven't lost uh, loved family from relatives. But I l lost one of my best friends, Muhammad Hammo. Uh, maybe uh, he's shown in the media uh, in the last few days because he's a winner and, and many published and many posted about him. Yeah, Muhammad Hamu is a student in the English uh, in the English 
which was destroyed also as you know uh he's he's my colleague uh because i'm studying english literature and he's studying english uh, translation we were we had some uh, we had some courses together with also Dr. Fatal Ar'ir, as you told me that you had, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, many other professors. I love him so much. Okay, and um, when I was when I heard about him about his Kelly, I wanted that the students, all the ones who love Hammo, because Hammo was really a uh, good and so so kind person, and he was always, uh, yeah, uh, uh, he always laughed and and make all of the people around him laugh, okay? He's very, very kind. He very kind. Uh, the last time I saw him was in his. Uh, he invited me with all of my friends and he uh, made some uh, food. He cooked some food for us. So we remember all the good memories for Hamno. So like, we don't care more. Like, I mean, like, I don't only care about the family, but also I care about the friends. I also care about the colleagues. Also care about the neighbors because this is why this is why we feel here in Gaza Strip. All of us are like one unit. Okay, all the Palestinians one unit. All in the Palestinian West Bank and West Bank and the Gaza. Even like when uh, some houses uh, are targeted or or destroyed by the Israeli. Uh, tanks in Gaza or bulldozers in uh, in West in the West Bank. We feel it. We we feel like we are so so sad, because we don't need it to 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 happen or to care by those criminals. So yeah, Muhammad Hammo was really a perfect and ideal student, and he was watching his uh, uh, his first stories with Electronic Intifada and with many other websites. So yeah, rest in peace, Hamo. Yeah, absolutely, and and I'm sorry for the loss of your friend. And it's it's actually um, it's always important. And I know we've done work over the years with you know with the group. We are not numbers that we tell people who these who hurt their lives were because their lives mattered, and they were not numbers. They were they were lived you know people who were loved and will be missed and will always be missed and will always be part of the the, the, the story. Um, I, I'm conscious that I can't keep you on for too long, but I do want to ask you, do you think uh, it, it, that the situation in terms of food, electricity and water, has there been any, you know, any sign that that, that will be, that, that that is improving or is that just, or am I just imagining that there's more, that there's more aid? What, what's the situation there in terms of that? Actually, I have never, like, I haven't uh, turned. I haven't turned on uh, the lights since the beginning of the war. Uh, that's all. Like it, it, it expresses what I mean. Okay, because there is no electricity, no food, or like good food productions, or like no good water or health. I'm sick. Okay, I'm honest. I'm sick. I'm talking about it myself first. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm sick. I can't find good water. I can't find healthy water that keep me alive. Okay, I'm serious. I'm serious. Most of the Palestinians here in Gaza Strip in the war drank from the what? From the sea. We mixed some water from the sea and some uh, good water here that we have, uh, that we uh, that we get. 
Okay, so the situation here is really is really miserable. No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm not talking about like uh, just to show uh, the situation in the media, just to show some what's going on here in Gaza, to to, to show for the word, uh, and just to to uh, to make my voice up. No, I'm talking really. We are dying slowly. We are dying step by step. Like uh, the internet was. Is totally uh, two weeks ago, okay? Mm-hmm. Totally from all of Gaza Strip, and the networks failed, and I don't know, okay? When I when the when the internet uh, came back and I could uh, connect with the internet, I found out that my friend Ali Tabatibi was killed. Then the internet was interrupted. Then it comes back, and then I found out that uh, Osama Lubad was killed. That internet interrupted. When it came back, I found out that. Had Hamo was killed, and it's so sad. A feeling that it's it's like it's not describable. I can't describe it. Okay, I can't describe it because it's really melancholy and sad. So the situation here is really miserable. We can't find shelters uh, to, to to sleep to to like uh, to keep together with my family because to like. One million and a half right now are moving to uh, into Rafah. Mm. We don't have two million uh, or like one million or a half million houses there in Rafah. So where to, to shelter? Where to sleep? Where to sit? Where to food? Where to cook? Where to? There is a lot of questions here in Gaza. Okay, I'm just uh, just uh, let me say, uh, uh, just I want to ask the word one question because I. I will be died tomorrow or after tomorrow. Maybe I will be killed. Where is the international community? I ask for all of people around the world. Don't believe in the international community because it it, it does nothing. Okay, it does nothing. If they wanted to do if they wanted to do something, they would do it before uh, the beginning of this war and in, uh, during this war when they saw in the internet and in the, the meeting and they have been watching. They have been watching the murders and the injuries and the devastating and the station that, that, uh, that's happening here in Gaza Strip since the beginning of uh, the war. Can I ask a question? So where is the international community? Where is the international law? Where is the countries? Where is the leaders of uh, the world? When Russia invaded Ukraine, when Russia invaded Ukraine, let me say that uh, all of the countries, all of the countries, all right, all of the countries, asked them to stop the war. All of the countries opened the borders, opened the countries uh, to, to invite, to, to invite uh, the Ukrainians to come here. We have hospitals, we have houses, we have a lot of uh, donations. I'm not sad about this because I'm, as Palestinians, I'm, as a Palestinians, I have uh, seen the death by my eyes, I don't hope to be uh, like I don't hope that Ukrainians uh, be killed. I don't need anybody to be killed or be or be injured or, or be uh, or his house or her house to be destroyed or something. No, no, no but I'm so, so so happy, okay? Because the Ukrainians are also humans and they have the right to live in peace. And each human being in Gaza and all uh, and all uh, in all countries to have the right to be. Uh, to live in uh, in peace, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's um that's what I'm asking. Where is the international community? Where is the international community? There are layers that we what we are talking about here in Gaza Strip. All of the Gaza 
We never believe uh, such uh, institutions. We never believe such laws. We never believe such uh, leaders. All of them lie against us. Um, and, and, and can I commit just for a moment, Yunus, just to say that it's also the hypocrisy of the international community, as you've pointed out, because, you know, we, we had a huge push to stand by Ukraine, to arm Ukraine, to to uh, Ireland opened its opened its arms and allowed in Ukrainian refugees. And, you know, yes. we've and, and we should do that. That's absolutely the right thing to do, but it should be done for everybody. It should not just be done as as this. And and I can and I can understand the hurt, but I you know I I you say the international community. I say the streets of the international community are with Palestine. It's our world leaders who are letting us down. You know, uh, particularly the, the United States of America. Um, President Joe Biden has been absolutely awful in dealing with this, and in, in 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 how he has handled the Israeli far right government how he has armed them, continue to speak for them, not even able to say the word ceasefire, not even able to use the, the word ceasefire. He could end this very quickly by just saying, all the aid we give you, we don't give it to you unless you stop the bombardment. He, that could, and that, and that, because, and they have the laws to do this. The US have the laws to do this. They just won't enact them. And the EU, Ursula von der Leyen, uh, let the EU down by going and, and saying that giving offering Israel uh, our support without... And like I remind people, Ursula von der Leyen is not an elected, democratically elected official. She is appointed. She did not have the EU's mandate to do that, but she did it nonetheless. And then there's large parts of, you know, unfortunately, of the, of the media. And we see today that some of the stories from October 7th by Haaretz have been disproven. There was no decapitated babies. There was no babies in the oven. Haaretz are saying this. And yet we have to put up with this nonsense on Western media. So it is very frustrating. And I understand why you're saying, where is the international community? I do think, I do think the international streets stand with Palestine. They are calling for, for a ceasefire. I do, but I do think the message, the warning for the, for the international community is that Israel has been allowed to get away with this and they're continuing to get away with what is a genocide, what is ethnic cleansing, and if, as they, if we let them away with it now, it sets a very dangerous precedent for what could happen as things get bad in terms of other, other, other situations, other conflicts that will inevitably come. Um, can I ask you just on a, on a personal note? Um, you before the before this, I, I don't want to call it a war. It's, it's it's not a war because a war, you know, means that there's sort of two parties to this. But before the um, the Israeli war on Gaza, let's say, began, um, what was you what was your hopes? Where were you going to? You know, you're a young student. Where were you hoping to work? Where were you hoping to travel? What was your own ambitions? Uh, before the seventh uh, attack, we uh, were also very bad because Israel was uh, uh, like uh, like uh, was also so from time to another targeting. Uh, they were uh, targeting some uh, places in, in Gaza. Okay, and always uh, they uh, prevent us from going abroad, from traveling uh, throughout uh, throughout uh, areas crossing or. Or uh, crossing, but also yeah, we were so so sad. But actually, I was uh, I had a good and very good life. I was going to the university. I was uh, taking and studying uh, uh, some courses in the university. I was uh, actually uh, uh, I was 
there was a planning also to uh, to apply for a scholarship uh, after finishing my uh, my bachelor degree to do my master degree and Eunice, have I lost you? I think I've lost you. We'll try to connect again with Eunice, folks. Um, he was obviously talking about his plans to travel and hopefully see more of the world, but we will try again to connect with him at our earliest convenience. Um, I, I think you can appreciate the the, the, the difficulties that we're facing right now. Um, it is a lot. It's a lot for a young man to carry on his shoulders. It's a lot for me to be asking, and I don't like doing it. I almost feel like I'm trying to get them to relive um, the trauma and also trying to get them to mourn for the life that they probably now can't have, in at least not in the short term. And it's very, very hard to do it, but I think it's important that we hear the voices from Gaza, that we hear the, the people themselves, the ordinary citizens who, who want to live in live in life of peace live a life with the the ability to make and choose do go where they want to go live as 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 we all would here we'd all like to be able to carry on and continue to do that but we can only do so much from our from our little chair but what we can do is we can ask you to continue to shout and scream and march and email and call and let people know that this has to stop it absolutely has to stop you cannot push people into the Sinai. It cannot be Sinai or die. It cannot be displacement or death. It cannot happen now in 2023 that we're going to allow a genocide and ethnic cleansing take place and we watch it on our phones. Um, as I said, we'll, we'll try and reconnect with, with uh, Eunice over the next uh, day or two. We'll see how we get on. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for everything. Um, you've all the feedback and the people who've been sharing. And, and hello to all our new listeners. I know there's lots of new listeners who've joined us. Uh, I would love some of you to come on board and keep the show on the road and, and join us on the on the Patreon because, you know, there is no other way we other than that that pays for all of this. So if you're listening and you get something out of it, please give something back. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony, speaking to interesting people only. It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe now on Patreon.